Cities News Talk, AM 1130. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Beer Cast. I am Drew. That man over there is my co-host, Schmitty. That's me. And uh, you have yet another brilliant, brilliant setup, brilliant plan, brilliant idea. You got us out here, downtown Minneapolis, recording the show from the Lift Bridge and Free House Beer Dinner. That's right, sir. We are at Shindig. Amazing quite the, idea. Uh, quite the happening spot here. Yeah, right I've never been here of the, uh, the Mercury, it is... Uh, it is fantastic. It's nice. It's a really nice little event space they got going here. Yeah, it's. it's uh, I don't even know what to say about it. It's. This is a little too fancy for me. Yeah, I don't. We don't fit in. I'm, That's uh, why they have us over here in the corner. <laughs> we don't get. We don't get to sit at a table is, with the sophisticated people. This is high class. Yeah, we're over here. We're this we're, we're like the sideshow. No, this is this is great. I wanted to come out and and this is a unique venue and a unique dinner that they have going on here tonight. So it's a, it's a collaboration beer dinner, which is a kind of a unique thing where they've got two brewers working together to to make our lives better. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've been to several beer dinners. You've been to several beer dinners. I've been to many beer dinners. And they're always amazing. They're always fantastic. I always have a good time. But this is the first time I've ever seen one where it is a collaboration, where you've got two breweries that have partnered up, and you've got a chef that has crafted these dishes that are paired with uh, one beer from Freehouse mm-hmm. and one beer from Liftbridge. It's yep. brilliant. Yeah, and we'll have uh, we'll have Chef Jeff out here in a little while to talk about the the food that he has created, uh, and then he's going to pair with these foods, or maybe or maybe it goes the other way. Maybe the foods are paired with the beers, or the beers. It's it's really a conglomeration of of awesomeness. That's that's how it should be. <laughs> well, let's uh, we've got Joe here from Liftbridge uh, talk a little about how this event came together and and his side of the uh, the event here. Welcome to the show again, Joe. Hey, thanks. It feels like I'm here We're all the time. Just like here, it. right? Yeah, <laughs> friend of the show, Joe yeah. Falcone. Hey. All right. Friend of the show status. <laughs> all right. Good. Yeah, man. So tell us uh, how this all came together. Um, well, we, about a year ago, I came uh, and approached free, uh, our friends at the Freehouse and had this idea to do a dinner. Um, and I actually, you know, part of it is I wanted to use this space at Shindig because it's such an awesome spot. And, um, you know, we've been longtime friends, uh, Freehouse and Liftbridge and I wanted to kind of do something different, do it, you know, think it outside the box. I mean, we do, you know, people do beer dinners all the time, but you kind of want to do a different take on it every time. And I've seen multiple breweries do dinners where there's like five different breweries and each one does a different course. Mm-hmm. Um, this one I thought was really unique where we, you know, we wanted to kind of explore the different aspects of food pairings with each course. Right. So you have uh, some similar courses, you know, some beers that are similar. Um, you have, you know, exact same styles from two different breweries. You have completely opposite styles of beer paired with the same dish. Um, you know, just trying to do something different and, you know, think outside the box. It's kind of the name of the game, right, is to do something that's a little off the beaten path that piques people into interest and they say, oh, well, that's that's different. I'd like to take part in that, right? Well, that's the, the kind of the fun thing about beer pairings and beer dinners is, you know, the wine, it's like red meat, red wine, fish, white wine. It's all very traditional. Right. And it's all very expected. But with the complexity and depth of flavors that on all these different styles of beers, there may be a dish that pairs, you know, a Amazing with a super hoppy IPA, but also pairs just as well with a, with a nice Pilsner. Well, we'll find out. We we'll find, find out, right? course number three. <laughs> yeah. and, but but it, a lot of it is going to come down to your individual palate and what flavors you enjoy, right. what flavors you you draw out of all these pairings. But there are some some tried and true. I mean guidelines, right? I mean, you, you can always color outside the lines. But do you have any uh, any specific? 
I guess, tactics or guidelines you try to follow when making a, a beer I, pairing? You know, I, I try to I try to force the chef to think outside the box a little bit too. Um, make mm. them do something different. Uh, I had a I had a you know I don't want to go too too crazy, but I, I did a beer dinner once uh, when I was at the distributor with Line and Kugels, and and the, immediately the chef took the berry vice out of the box of uh, samples that I brought to you know while we discussed the menu, and he, he kind of was like, well, we're not using this crap, and I was like, nope, absolutely not. I won't do a dinner unless you use that now because <laughs> I just we have to. I mean, now you have to use it. And he was like, "Well, I'm not doing a dinner." I'm like, "Okay, I'm not doing a dinner either." And um, right. it almost fell apart. But you know, I kind of convinced him, and you know, we ended, he ended up he ended up pairing it with. Uh, it's gotta a, be pretty easy to actually it, pair with the berry. It vice. was berry vice is a great fruit beer. You know, it's just maybe not six six twelve ounce bottles at one sitting. Um, <laughs> are you but, are you judging my summer dock activities? No, Joe? not at all. I you know I think it's I, I do I really like that beer. Um, and I, I, you know, we had it. I had him pair it with a white chocolate cheesecake, and here you go. He was like, "Oh, this is that totally makes sense." I go, "Well, that's what I'm trying to do." You know, so we we want to, you know, we want people to think differently about beer. And you know, we've come a long way in the last, you know, five six years of of beer dinners. So, well, and that's one of the things that I, I wanted to talk about is it's coming a long way with beer dinners. I like that we're doing this here recording on a, on a Thursday night, and man, I get so tired of seeing come out on Monday to our <laughs> beer dinner and. And, and it's like, man, I'm not coming out on Monday because I've got stuff to do on Monday. Because it's Monday. It's, well, it's, it's the beginning that, of the week. So this took a year to plan almost to, to get this done. Um, and part of it, you know, was what's the right day of the week? What's the right month? When can, you know, when's a good time to do this? And, you know, we deliberately did it on a Thursday because people are going to come out on Thursdays. You know, yeah. generally in the past, what we've always done them were Mondays and Tuesdays to get people into bars and sure. to get people into restaurants that nights that they normally wouldn't go. But, you know, it's like, well, now, now beer dinners seem omnipresent, you know? Yeah. So you have to, you have to find something different. And now we're like, all right, let's, you know, let's do it on a Thursday. That's going to be a busy bar night. I mean, I, you know, we're at Shindig and next door at Mercury room. I mean, it's busy. It's really busy over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think there's something to be said for, for turning it up a notch and not just doing the, the regular old Monday and Tuesday, try to fill a seat. It's, it's, this is Thursday. This is a premier event and, and let's kick it up. Right. We'll get, we'll get people here and we'll do it right. Yeah. I think there's definitely something to be said for that. Yeah, and the menu is fantastic. And uh, let's see, you guys brought uh, Farm Girl. You brought your Oktoberfest. You brought your hop dish. Uh, you brought your uh, Peaks and Prairies. And, yep. uh, and then the collaboration beer for the last course is a, is a Maple Baltic Porter. Yeah. You had a chance to try that? I have not. Um, I was there for Brew Day. Uh, so we, they added, you know, Matt and his team could probably talk about it a little bit more. Um, but they... Looking uh, forward to it. They, we, we added, uh, added maple in, uh, in the boil and then added maple again um, in the secondary uh, with the you know the secondary fermentation with it so my my whole thing when we, when we were kind of all sitting down talking about this and the idea came up for a maple Baltic porter was um, most people that use maple they always use it as a fermentable yeah well it kind of defeats the purpose right and that's what I thought that's what I said so I, I was like if we do that I really want to be able to taste maple but not like not a ton I want the right amount of maple but I want to be able to taste you know the the maple syrup, sure. Um, because it's you know it's a flavor that I really enjoy and it's perfect for this time of year. And oh yeah, uh, so we've actually used it twice in the cycle. Um, 
So hopefully, I'm, I'm really excited to try it. I, yeah, I haven't had it yet. So. Yeah, and one of the beers that I have not had is your uh, Peaks and Prairies. Walk <laughs> us through that one. Another another collaborative beer that we did. Was uh, that Odell? It was Odell, yeah. Odell came out. So we've, this is two, the second year in a row that we've done a collaboration with Odell. And uh, the first year we went, out to, we went out to Odell and brewed it with them. And it was a, um, a Belgian Strong Ale. And this year they came out, uh, brought some Colorado Huckleberries, and then we used some Minnesota Blue Corn. So when it comes out, you're going to laugh. I mean, it's like purple. <laughs> so... Uh, but it's a it's a it's a pale ale. It's a huckleberry pale ale. Nice. So it should go good. should go nice with the dish, the butternut squash and the braised short rib. Yeah, very fall flavors. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Do you have any favorite fall pairings? I mean, menu menu aside, do you have anything that you like to? eat and drink together while we're on the subject of pairing that this oh, time this of year th- this time of year it's always oktoberfest and sausage <laughs> i love that that's <laughs> it's classic what's what's your go-to sausage i'm a, I'm a weiss first kind of guy I like um, the- well i'm me me being polish it's kielbasa but <laughs> right on i i what i like to do is i, I mean i i uh, not to plug him but you know i like to go to kramarchuk's and oh, uh, kind yeah. of take a run through plug and, all day long and, right <laughs> and yeah. just kind of go oh well, that's a new one i haven't seen that one you know i, I do love of wild rice in my sausage and absolutely know, I, I am i'm a i'm a big fan of chicken sausage um yeah like, I'm, uh, I'm an equal opportunity yeah, sausage really. consumer right yeah. everybody should be <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> all right well good. we got another course coming out here in front of us here uh we are live from the uh, beer dinner the lift bridge free, uh, free house beer dinner in downtown minneapolis we'll be back in just a little bit Welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast from the Lift Bridge and Free House Beer Dinner Menu. We just finished, what, course number three? Trey. This has been uh, amazing so far. Just stunning. Dude, I, I just had an amazing salad, and those right. are words I never thought I'd say. That's really, I don't know that anybody believes you, but it's true because <laughs> I, I saw had it. the same salad. No, it was, it was my great. Eyes. No, it was, uh, it was Blue Farm chicken satay with arugula, Asian slaw, green onions, and peanuts, and uh, paired that with a Pilsner uh, from the Freehouse, brand new beer. Well, Matt will talk about that in just a minute here, uh, and uh, Lift Bridges Hop Dish. Yeah. So kind of neat. Really, really neat about this beer dinner is that you're getting a real bang for your buck because you're not just getting one pairing. You're getting dueling beers here. So, well, And it's been interesting because and we'll talk to the chef in an upcoming segment about the about the meals themselves. But, you know, you started off the first course with, uh, you know, Freehouse. Uh, Freehouse had the goes and Liftbridge had the farm girl. Second course, we both had your Oktoberfest. And in the third course, you guys diverged wildly. We had Hop Dish, you know, which uh, if you haven't had Hop Dish, the name kind of tells you what you're getting there. Right. It's, it's a, it's it's a, a little hoppy. It's a hoppy IPA. It's <laughs> fantastic. It's one of my favorite beers. Uh, but then uh, then you guys at Freehouse uh, paired it with a Pilsner, and that was really interesting to see how they played off each other. Take a bite, have the Pilsner. Take a bite, have the hop dish. Yeah, let's let Matt tell us about, about the beer and, uh, and his plans. So uh, just back to the beer and food relationships, I mean, that's just two different uh, theories on how beer uh, works with food. So how we did it, we went uh, matching intensities, light beer, light food. And, uh, you know, with salads, the greens and salads are actually naturally pretty bitter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, hop characteristics being bitter as they are, sometimes you get a nice complimentary pairing uh, working that way. So that's kind of what we're trying to do is just to show people uh, there's really no right answer when it comes to beer and yeah. food 
relationships. As long as you're happy, it's a good pairing. So, I mean, at the end of the day, what works, works. Um, but uh, the German Pilsner is our uh, newest uh, seasonal uh, beer at the Free House. It's a German-style Pilsner, so the hop characteristic is a little bit higher than your standard American Pilsner. Um, it's a nice, clean, light beer. It's about 4.8%. Um, it's made with the same yeast as our, our Oktoberfest, so a nice, clean German lager characteristic. And uh, it's it's not going to be around for long because we only brewed about 15 barrels. Yeah. So I would say in the next three weeks. Growlers, your, crowlers, both. Uh, all of the above, yes. All of the above. On tap, growlers, crowlers. How many can I leave with? <laughs> we actually brought some today, so I can smuggle you one out the, out, and out the door. And this is uh, beer number 38 from the Freehouse. You guys number your beer. Yeah, we do number our beer. So it's our 38th recipe. Uh, you're about to try 39 here in about a half hour, 45 minutes. How uh, how was that worked out for you guys with the, the scheme to, to number the beer? Uh, to be honest, it was a little hard for me to adapt to because I would talk to you uh, guests at the free house and they'd be like when are you bringing number 23 back and i'd be like i don't even know what that is uh, <laughs> but uh I, now that i got a hang of it uh it's it's actually really easy because you know it kind of takes the headache out of naming beers i know that's kind of fun to do right but um it just keeps things clean and organized for us and it, it works yeah well especially if you if you call it your you know Pilsner number 38, right? I mean, right. if you if you go with the style, the the substance over the 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 flash, the the branding, the naming, it boils it down to what the consumer is is really enjoying. And in a sense, it probably gives you a little little freedom, right? So you, yeah. you made a Pilsner, it's number 38. Next year, if you want to make another Pilsner, you can make number 38 again. Or you can play exactly. around and try something uh, different, and that'll be number 44 or whatever. We've tweaked several recipes, um, and that's the nice thing about, like, annual se- uh, beers that we do. So, like, we'll brew uh, the coconut chai stout every winter, and uh, every year we'll be like, all right, this is something that we liked about it. This is something that we didn't. And then uh, since they're a year apart, we can change it, right. and it's not like, uh, oh, my God, what'd you do to this beer? <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I wanted to, uh, before we get too far off track, I wanted to give you guys some kudos. You just got back. From from Denver with a little bit of hardware, I understand. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty amazing feeling. Uh, to be honest, I uh, when they called our names, they had just announced Large Brew Pub of the Year, and that was the category that we were in, and we hadn't won any medals at that point, and two of our beers had already gone by. So we were kind of, I mean, we weren't bummed, but we we're just like, all right, this year wasn't our year because another brewery had won the award, so that meant like, oh, we probably didn't win any other medals. So when the Goza category came around. You know, they had announced the bronze, it wasn't us, and then they announced the silver, and it was like, 33 Goza. <laughs> and I, I wasn't even paying attention, then I, like, you know, looked up, kind of scratched my head, and then my coworker sitting next to me just locked eyes with me, made eye contact, started pumping his fist, and just yells. He's like, yeah! <laughs> and I was like, that was us! So, like, we got up, I was like, yeah, really shaky, uh, went up stage, got our got our medal and then uh the last beer that we entered the barley wine was the very last category of the contest so you know we were happy that we got our medal and then it was just kind of the cherry on top because uh the the goza was my recipe but the barley wine was our uh old brewmaster uh, pio who's here tonight Uh that was his recipe and he's actually has left us to pursue his own ventures but uh he finally got his uh, medal too, so that was kind of sweet for both nice. of us. Yeah, so, congratulations! Yeah, Thanks. were they were they bronze, silver, gold? Oh yeah, they were both. Both were silver. Both, both were silver. silver. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. What does that mean to to you guys? As I guess personally, having your recipe get get a silver and and as a business. 
Uh, well, I mean, for me personally, uh, I'm somebody that like I really, really enjoy beers that are you know brewed like two style. You know, I, that's just you know the sign of somebody who really knows what they're doing. What. You know, right. everything's done with intention. Before you can brew out of style, you should be able to brew within style. Right? Yeah, and, uh, you know, brewing, especially two beer styles that are on total opposite end of the, ends of the spectrum, that just was uh, really, it was, I mean, it was a validating experience. Like, it's like, all right, I do know what I'm doing, at least, <laughs> at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's validating to, to get that yeah. that feedback, and that's, yeah. that's kind of neat to get that experience where it's like, yeah. Yeah, for I, do, I do that, know what I'm doing. For people that may not be familiar with the uh, with the GABF, with the Great American Beer Fest Awards, um, is that something that is that is highly valued there? Like when when you're in a category, is it is it really a measure of how well did you did you nail this category, or mm-hmm. is there room for creativity and experimentation uh, in the GABF? So is it a little bit of both? It's definitely uh, both. I mean, there's certain uh, categories that the window for uh, entries is massive i mean even with the goza category there's two categories of goza there's the leipzig goza and the contemporary goza and when i was thinking about submitting my uh beer i was like okay is this a leipzig goza or is this a contemporary so that was right. kind of a little bit of a crap well, which, like, which yeah. is it don't leave us hanging oh it was the leipzig goza okay and what's the difference See that's the thing. Uh, I think uh, Leipzig Goza's had tendency uh, to have a little bit more fruit flavor. Okay. So uh, mine was brewed with uh, uh, lemon peel, and I think I was like, okay, that fit a little bit better. But I mean, uh, to the casual drinker, it's the same thing. But um, <laughs> I'm sorry, what was your question again? Is there room for uh, yeah. your own interpretation? For, oh yeah, like, I mean like barrel aged fruit beer. Yeah, that's a pretty. That's a pretty broad. Yeah, you can brush do to whatever with, you want right. as long as it's fruit and it was in a barrel. You know? <laughs> well, and I gotta, I gotta imagine that there's a real difference too, right? Between adding a, a, a goza. I mean, how many entrants are in that category? There was, goza is actually a it's style actually that's blown really, up, really popular now. Yeah, right? yeah, there were about a hundred entries in goza, which was surprising. So to you're me. you're trying to elbow your way in there. Yeah, whereas I, I couldn't believe it. He's even before he announced the words, he's like, "Wow, this is a category that has just exploded over the last few years." And mm-hmm. so. That, even that was a little uh, okay. I mean, and then you look at IPA and how many. There's probably what four thousand entrants, right? Right. Something ridiculous well, like I mean, that. I mean, how good can your IPA get? At a certain point, I mean, there's got to be two hundred IPAs. That's like, okay, how do we decide which one's better? Would you even bother? Is there any strategy involved in in trying to to place where you're going to put your entries? I mean. You want to win a medal, uh, like the barley wine category. There's only 54 uh, entries, so but you don't know that going in, though. You don't, uh, but I mean, you look at years past. But I mean, okay, I'm not saying we're trying to like kind of weasel our way into a category. But you but, don't uh, weasel anything. You won awards. There's no uh, weaseling there. Well, I mean, just like going for a low entry category. Uh, yeah, like IPA. I, I don't think I would ever enter an IPA unless I personally just loved it, not thinking it was just true to style. Sure. Because, I mean, winning an IPA category would just be, I don't even know how, how I would react to that. <laughs> be kind of like a rocket ship to the moon, right? It's not yeah. just it's not just validation. I, I've, I've been like, sitting next to people who have won awards in the IPA category, and they all make the same face. They're just, <laughs> like, jaw drops to their chest. Oh, my God. Like, like, <laughs> That's awesome. Man. Well, congratulations again. It's uh, it's well deserved. It's a fantastic beer, but you know that's that's par for the course for what you guys have been putting out there for a long time. You well, guys I appreciate it. Really, really good work. Uh, that is uh, that Pilsner that that you guys served us tonight. Is, 
absolutely one of my favorite pilsners I've had in a long time. Yeah, well, I appreciate and, that. And I really can see why the, uh, why the Goza won a medal. I was yeah. absolutely one of my favorite beers. I'm glad we kicked out the night with that. So, yeah. right on. Thanks, Th- guys. Thanks so much for having us here. We're going to uh, take a little break. We'll be back uh, after this with a little more from the Freehouse uh, with the Freehouse and Liftbridge at this collaboration beer dinner. You're listening to the Minnesota Beer Cast on 1130 and 103.5 FM, Twin Cities News Talk. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Minnesota Beer Cast. Do want to remind you, uh, the free and easy to download iHeartRadio app really is the best way to listen to the Minnesota Beer Cast. Uh, we got our own channel on there. If you go there, you you click on the podcast, you search Minnesota Beer Cast. You can uh, you can follow our channel, subscribe to our channel. You'll get notifications when new episodes appear. Uh, it's free. It's easy to download. I highly recommend doing it today. But if that's not your thing, we're available elsewhere. You can sure. go to Minnesota Beer cast.com you can go to twincitiesnewstalk.com you can go to itunes you can go all over the place or or catch us on your radio dial or just listen to us live right. when we're on although that's becoming increasingly difficult with the uh, with the sports preemption getting, but getting, that's for getting that's for another day <laughs> that conversation will will happen another time uh, we are recording this uh, show at the uh, collaboration beer dinner with liftbridge and freehouse it really has been stunning and i do want to i want to take a minute and just tell you if We've done shows from beer dinners before. Yes. I've been to beer dinners. You've been to beer dinners. Beer dinners are happening all over the place. It's true. They're, they're getting uh, very abundant. Find. It's true. If you haven't done one, if you haven't been to one, you are really doing yourself a disservice. You are. There You're... are some amazing menus being put out. There's some amazing collaborations, amazing pairings happening. And every one I've been to has been real special. Yeah. And, th- and this even more so. I think I said it last segment where you're getting dueling pairings with with every dish so you know yeah. if you're getting to enjoy that that chicken salad we just had you get it with a with a pilsner and and that hop dish right so it's it's two pairings in one no we've got so many fantastic we got such an amazing beer scene right here in minnesota we've got an amazing food scene here in minnesota so you know when when a great chef pairs up with a great brewery you know, it's really it, it's really special, well, and, it, uh, and I highly recommend just find a beer dinner that's happening near you and and go to it. I'm gonna give you a hot take. Hot take. Uh, every dinner should be a beer dinner. <laughs> I mean, well, think, sure. Think but about you know it, though, what right? But but what I'm saying is, is that <laughs> we're, we're having an elevated dining experience, right? If if the place you're going to isn't able to give you an elevated dining experience by providing you with great food and great beer, you're not going to the right restaurant. I, I mean, yeah, people do wine with with dinner all the time, but go to a place that, that does great beer. Yeah. And, and if the place you go to doesn't do great beer, tell it, them. It's become... Tell them. I, I will say this just for me personally. It's it's become a it's become a sort of a make-or-break proposition for me. If Absolutely. I go to a restaurant and they have a, a subpar beer selection... Uh, and they just, you know, they, they don't have anything that I that, that really impresses me. Um, I won't go back, even if their food's good. Yeah, I won't go back. I mean, that is that has become a bit of a deal breaker for me, because I like to have a good mm-hmm. quality 
preferably Minnesota, but you know, just a good quality beer with my with my meals now. As you should. And the key to the key to that though is if you're not going to go back, let let the place know why you're not going back. Yeah. Because if if they know that they're that they're customer base is being impacted by not being provided with the the dining experience that that people expect right they need to know yep so they can make those decisions it's not hard so they can make those improvements it's not hard to uh to 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 have a good beer selection and it's not hard to take good care of the beer that you do have that's my hot take that's your hot take do we got some news you want to talk about well you do (laughs) i think you uh you sent me this story here uh, the uh, the first draft tap room and kitchen is expanding, and Minneapolis is on its list of places that it's expanding to. First draft tap room and kitchen is Denver's first pour your own tap room. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we've and this is something that that has has been done here in the Twin Cities area mm-hmm. um, already. Uh, the uh, story reads, what's better than a craft beer bar offering 40 taps of self-serve craft beer, wine, cider, coffee, and kombucha? All right, first, can we can we take a moment and talk about this kombucha craze? Are we going to have to do a kombucha cast at Dude, some point? I, I'm not opposed. Like, I, my, I, I'll try it. I just don't want to see it being made. It's kind of like sausage where, like... Well, we drink sour beers. Yeah. Is it that different? Yeah. Is Have it? you ever seen kombucha being made? No. So it's why would I? Oh, dude, it's it's like it doesn't. It looks like if you left a a thing of jam, like left it on a counter for a week, and stuff grows on top of it. <laughs> it's not dissimilar from what happens in the vessel that contains kombucha. Right. It's it's. I mean. It's probiotic, it's, I yeah, guess. It's bacteria. Yeah, it is. Yeah, bacteria is funky. Sure is. That's what sour beer is. That's what makes sour beer yeah. sour, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. If you like sour beer, you can't really you can't really uh, turn your nose up at kombucha. Well, I can do whatever I want. Don't tell me what's America. Do. America. I thought this was America. We'll do a kombucha show. <laughs> I'm not you scared. We should do that. Let's do it. We'll That's put it right. on the books. We'll find some local kombucha brewers. Yeah, and absolutely. We'll, we'll have them on soon. We'll all right. Do it. Anyway, back to the story. Uh, First Draft Taproom and Kitchen is a pour-your-own bar. Uh, they serve craft beer, wine, cider, coffee, and kombucha. Um, I'm yeah. trying to read this story here. It's very confusingly well, written here. Well, they, they, anyway. uh, it's a successful venture that they started in Denver, and now they're expanding to here well, and they've had L.A. Two years of success in, in Denver, and, and it, it can be argued that two years is not a long enough sample size to determine whether or not you're truly successful. Well, we're going to find out. Yeah. I mean, I, I think of the, what was a community keg house. I, uh, I was going through my wooden nickels the other day. Union 32 is... uh, Is that pour your own as well? Yeah, that's a pour your own down in Egan. We haven't been there yet. We keep talking about we need to go do a show from there, and we haven't. All right. Maybe they they have kombucha? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) If they got kombucha, I think think we're in. (laughs) So uh, they say here in the story, three local entrepreneurs in Minneapolis approached us to consider partnering in that market. We jumped at the opportunity. We know that Minneapolis is a sophisticated food and craft beer city. And with the direction of the local partners, we believe the pour-your-own concept will be well-accepted and a big winner there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's? I still fail to see the appeal to pouring my own beer. I don't either. 
I mean, I get and I having 40 taps is cool. I haven't been to one, so I'm not. No. I'm not judging. Well, I can judge. You know, I'm not. Well, I'm no. not afraid. But you haven't. If you haven't been there, well, it's a, you're you're an, you're an ill-informed like, judge. I have I have 40 beers in my basement. I can pour one of those. Why do I want to go out and pay more? To, to I mean, that's that's the dirty secret to me, right? Well, Is that you're not paying that premium to have somebody give you that service. Well, they do have, um, instead of bartenders and servers, they have Cicerones and uh, certified beer servers on site to help imbibers make the best decisions. They say instead of classic bartenders, we have certified beer servers and Cicerones at the tap wall. Our staff can be there to help you every step of the way and offer tasting notes and suggestions or just stand back and you can DIY your own experience. Certified beer servers not serving. <laughs> yeah, what's the difference between a certified beer server and a bartender? I think you got to take a more uh, inclusive test to be a certified Cicerone as opposed to a certified beer server. I'm a, I'm a certified beer server. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. I got bored one day and took the test. So, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not, you know, I don't know. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm, 40, I'm, 40 taps look, sounds fun. I know, I, I know several people who have, who have said a lot of great things about, uh, about Union 32. I've heard really great things. And, I will say uh, that. You know, so I'm, I'm perfectly willing to try it. I share your skepticism. I don't quite get what the appeal is, right? Um, but until I try it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cast couldn't cast your, any judgment on. Could it. not your servers and bartenders just be certified beer servers and cicerones? Right. Could and you? In a lot of places, they are. Could you not just have forty taps and do them well and yeah. do them right? Perhaps maybe the appeal is you don't have to wait for a busy bartender. To, Maybe to that's get to it. you. Maybe, Maybe that's, that's it. it. You know, you finish your beer, you walk up, and you 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 scan the tap line, and you're like, "What am I in the mood for now?" All right, cool. I'll pour it. Maybe that's. Or maybe the appeal is you know, be pour half of one. Maybe you. That you is know. annoying. Having to wait for a you yeah. know ten minutes for a beer. Right. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's as simple as that. Yeah. I don't I'll know. give it a we shot. We will find out. We'll find out. We will find out. We will go to uh, we will go to Union Thirty Two, and we will go to this uh, this first what's draft. It called the first draft. We'll go there when it opens. We'll drink all their kombuchas. We'll drink. We, well, we you can <laughs> you can be the kombucha guy. <laughs> I, I've never had kombucha. So I have. It's 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 nice. Yeah. It's fun. It's effervescent. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's good for you. <laughs> That's what they tell you. It's healthy probiotic <laughs> bacteria. It's like uh. I think probiotic. It's like yogurt. I'm 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 a I'm a uh, probiotic skeptic. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's all made up. You think it's all? It's just all fake. It doesn't do anything. Do you mean it's, it's not even real. What do you mean it it's doesn't fake? even exist? I saw Jamie Lee it's Curtis selling me yogurt word. on TV. I don't right. think Jamie Lee Curtis would not lie to me. We're gonna find out in about in about three years that probiotic was a big pyramid scheme <laughs> run by Bernie Madoff. <laughs> it was all made up by him from prison. <laughs> nice. It's a completely made up word. All right, we have got a uh, a new course of food that was just set down in front of us. So that means it's time to take a break. Yeah, buddy. We'll be back with more from the. Collaboration Beer Dinner, Lifterbridge, Freehouse, Minnesota Beer Cast, right after this. Welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast, final segment from this Collaboration Freehouse, Lifterbridge uh, Beer Dinner. My goodness, that last course. Oh, mama. 
I, 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 I don't know that I can stand up after that. That was amazing. I need, I need more. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can I have that every night? <laughs> There's some left back in the kitchen if you want it. <laughs> All right, well, I'm done with this segment. Then. Yeah. I'll be right back. If I, if I don't take Kenny home to my wife, I can't tell her where I was tonight. <laughs> yeah. like I have to either bring her home some or keep it a secret. All right, Those we, got are my we got you covered. <laughs> we are joined uh, this segment by uh, Jeff from, uh, uh, well, Jeff, you're from Blue Plate Group, but you do wear a lot of hats here, right? I do, yeah. I am uh, the culinary brand manager. So I kind of roam around from restaurant to restaurant, do a lot of menu development, work with the guys on their features, uh, work on upcoming specials, and deal with stuff like uh, um, farm produce and proteins that we have coming out of our, our, our blue farm. And we've got Randy from Liftbridge who's going to crack wise as we uh, let's run through the menu a little bit because we've, we've been talking about how fantastic it is all show, but we have not really broken it down course by course. And this is kind of your your brainchild. So let's, let's run through the menu a little bit and kind of what the inspiration was for for each course, if you don't mind. Yeah, well, sounds good. My first question is, uh, because this is a collaboration beer dinner, and because there are two beers for every course, talk a little bit about how each course came to be. Did they come to you and say, these are the beers, and then you came up with the dish, or did you sort of envision a dish, and then they said, well, okay, we think these beers will work with it, or was it more collaborative than that even? Well, the way that I like to do beer dinners traditionally is to take the beers that are already existing for, we've decided on beers already. We picked them out. We right. picked four or five. And then uh, I sit down on my kitchen floor and I drink all the beers. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one you by one. Need help with that. <laughs> you know, we got a show. We'll, we'll, we'll take it over there. We're on the road. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> we can definitely do that. But we go beer by beer and, and literally you just sit down and you drink and, and the first thing that comes to your mind flavor-wise that pops in, you're like, okay, this is green pepper or this is orange. This is this is definitely honey. This is burnt butter. Um, that's kind of what you'll base your dish around is those initial flavors. So doing this dinner was a little bit more complicated because the first couple courses were they're easy enough. They were they were lined up flavor-wise mm-hmm. to be to be you know good pairings with each other. But then we got a little bit off course and the flavors got a little bit more separated. Um, it got a little bit more difficult. So then you're just trying you're you're, you're picking one flavor that you can kind of focus on from both of the beers to to base your dish around. We start with course one. Uh, the beers that were chosen for that one were the uh, Freehouse Goes and the Liftbridge uh, Farm Girl. And then you put together a dish of uh, crab cakes, uh, lump crab, orange, this amazing sauce on there. Talk a little bit about how that came to sure. that came to fruition. That, that crab cake was phenomenal. Good. Right? By the way. Oh, I'm, gonna say that, like, oh. I'm literally going to say that every time. we, we Every course. So. <laughs> um. Perfect. But, uh, you know, the crab cake pairs well just because it is uh, it's very basic. It's it's the lump crab meat. There's not a lot of extra things that I'm putting in there. We actually have to freeze it uh, so it can hold its shape while it's cooking. It's mostly just the crab. Uh, there's a little bit of lemon in there, a little bit of mayo, just to kind of hold it together a bit. But the flavor of that, that light-tasting um, white lump crab meat is perfect for both the goza and the farm girl. And then you're just topping on flavors that are, are very complementary to the crab and to the beer, the orange, um, and then the, the sweet peppers that are going along with that. 
Drew's over there laughing at me because I'm allergic to shellfish. <laughs> so, and I and I have not always been allergic to shellfish. So, it, I I know acquired. I know how awesome like crab and lobster and scallops and like yeah yeah it was it's, so good. It was oh the god, best thing ever. Suck. if I, I told Schmitty that it was a terrible dish. <laughs> if I have, if I ever die, if I ever decide I want to die by my own hand, it's going to be with a lobster in one hand and a syringe of drawn butter in the just, other. Why don't you just take your favorite meal to the the emergency room parking lot, just sit there, <laughs> right? take the meal in, and then just walk yourself inside? It could it could happen. Okay, someday it could get that bad. <laughs> All right, course two was uh, the beers were both Oktoberfests. Uh, Free House oh, is yeah. number fifteen and Lift Bridges, Oktoberfest, and uh, and you put together a, a sausage and kale stuffed mushroom. Uh, what were the flavors out of the Oktoberfest that sort of led to you going in that direction? Yeah, like I said, while I was talking to the group, I think when I drink an Oktoberfest, the things that I like most about it are those deep, earthy flavors. Um, I think I called it funk while I was standing up there. I mean, it it equates to me as, as sort of a base flavor of, of the mushroom, so roasted, deep, dark flavor to it. Um, but then there's also a creaminess to it, a texture that... Um, you know the the filling that we had of the cream cheese, the Gruyere cheese, the goat cheese. Uh, I think that paired up nicely with actually the mouthfeel of the beer itself. So, uh, you know, this is a dish that that I've kind of had rolling around for a while, and we used some some of the heirloom tomatoes that we had for the last of the season. So we got those. We get. I was able to sneak those in the dish. I was happy about that. So. Yeah, it was a really good dish. I mean, it was it was nice. It was unique. I've not had anything quite like that. It was very good. Awesome. And know uh, when we were when we were talking menu at Freehouse, we had just tapped a six barrel of your guys's Oktoberfest, so we were drinking that while we were talking menus, so it was, it was perfect. Yeah, the uh, I think one of my favorite courses was the uh, the third one, uh, the salad. I, I When we came back from break, I was like, man, that was a salad I really enjoyed. Yeah. Walk us through I've that. never heard him say that. <laughs> Ever. That's because I never eat salad. <laughs> Walk us through the uh, the components of that and how it came together. Yeah, again, this is this is a salad that I think it's non-threatening to either of those beers. We had a couple beers that were very different in their profile. So finding some components that have got good flavor that can kind of create a bridge between the two beers is more what I was trying to do than than pair specifically with both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, we've got the lemon zest in there that I think was the biggest component to it that really held it all through, kept it fresh, uh, the fresh Napa cabbage, and then the uh, the roasted chicken. Uh, we braised the leg of the chicken, and then we just grilled the uh, the breast. So it was a couple different components on on all parts of that chicken. Yeah, I really uh, enjoyed like the uh, the arugula and the onion in that salad. I thought it it was made it more than just greens, right? It, yep. it added another depth and, and yeah. some more flavor. And that arugula that gives it a little bit of a peppery flavor yeah, to it. So I love yeah. that a lot. A good texture and a good and a good spiciness to it. For sure. Now, when you when you sat down with this course, this was the one that the uh, Freehouse brought the Pilsner, Liftbridge brought the hop dish. It was kind of opposite ends of the spectrum yep. there. So I think it's interesting that you said you were trying to find something that could sort of bridge that. Was there any commonality between those two beers, though, that when you tried them and you were in envisioning the dish that you were like okay there's there's a flavor or there's a quality or something that that is a bit of a thread through those that i could try to work into that dish yeah i think it was just the freshness of freshness uh component of it like the just the the idea of a salad or when you when you drink the hop dish it's like you that it, clean crispness it is a nice clean crisp ipa it's not a super bitter it's not 
cloying. It doesn't it doesn't stick to your mouth. Um, so I do consider it a nice crisp beer, as, and you know, as well as the uh, the Freehouse Pilsner. Um, I think both of them are very nice, crisp, clean. I think the lemon goes equally well with both of them. And then, you know, just the, the big pile of fresh greens is, yeah, it, it was a no-brainer. It was, that was really interesting because depending on what you, what you drank after you took a bite, you know, different flavors in that salad really stood out. I thought, you know, with, with the, the when you got when you got a bite that had some good peanuts in it, that made me want to drink a hop dish afterwards because they 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 fought against each other and balanced not balanced each other, but they they worked well together. But if you got more of a more of a chicken bite, I was like, okay, that I reached for the pilsner. And, uh, and it was really interesting how just sort of your mouth was playing with all those different flavors. Well, I think that's what's fun about this dinner in particular is that you do have a choice in the beers that you're drinking in front of you. Some of them may be similar, but this course in particular, they're very different. So it's all up to you is what you're putting in your mouth, how you want to change that flavor or how you want to test it out. So I think that's the fun part about it. Yeah, that's my, this is my favorite course by far. I just uh, take one bite with the hop dish and then take one bite with the pills. Just the difference. I mean, just to see the difference, how they react to each other. And yeah. Well, my favorite course was Pilsner course was awesome, four. too. The course four, the one we just course finished. Four, yeah. It was, well, yeah. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to marry that course. <laughs> the, the braised short rib, the uh, the spoon bread, the the brown butter bernays, the butternut squash. And uh, mine didn't have hazelnuts on it because I'm also allergic to hazelnuts. But... I, everything else I thought was fantastic. I've got a uh, I got a quick question real quick because I'm not a chef and I, I don't roll in the chef circles. Is it considered improper to be like, uh, tell me how you made that? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I not want at that all. recipe. I, I hand out I hand out recipes all the yeah, time. Yeah, the spoon I'm, bread is I'm, what he's I'm, talking I'm about. Totally fine. Yeah, with that, that spoon bread was incredible. I know that even if I give you that recipe, you're not going to do it nearly. Yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna Damn. have to you're gonna have to come back to me to get that I'd again. I'd be mad, but you're right. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is for sure amazing. my favorite dish of of the whole dinner. I mean, it is every component in this there is, is is something that I love. It's a flavor profile that I've always been in love with. The spoon bread, I try to put that in as many things as I can. It's kind of that uh, cross between a firm cornbread and like a, a soft polenta. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like putting your fork through a nice little custard. Uh, again, the braised boneless short ribs, they're just nice and fatty. After three, four hours in the oven, they just kind of fall apart. Yeah. Top it with a butter sauce. Right? It's Yeah. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. And I think you, you didn't miss out by, by not having the hazelnuts. I think that's just a redundant flavor after the brown butter. But um, it added a little bit more texture to the dish, uh, a little bit more richness, yeah, a little bit more Yeah, I could definitely see flavor. that. I mean, it, there was... There was Maybe a little more crunch would have definitely added some texture to it, but it it didn't need it. Yeah, yeah. it didn't need it. By no, any means. the way you prepared that uh, that butternut squash added a really really nice texture mm-hmm. uh, to balance out against the spoon bread, balance out against the uh, the short ribs. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. it was great. I love Fantastic it. dish. Great. And it paired well with with uh, with both of those beers. Those are two very different beers. Uh, this was uh, the Freehouse Barrel Aged Honey Brown and the Lift Bridge Peaks and Prairies. We talked about both of those earlier in the show. Uh, two. Uh, very different flavors and yeah. and again it was another dish where depending on like sort of the balance of what I got on my fork that sort of dictated which one I reached for 
You know, if, if I had to, the, the, uh, the, a good sweet bite of that spoon bread had me reaching for the peaks and prairies, whereas a bit more of the short rib had me reaching for the uh, for the honey brown. I will say the uh, my glass of the uh, the barrel aged brown it's a little a little less in there than it was the other one. I, I tended to reach for that one a little bit more on this course. It just seemed like the the flavors paired better with that brown than, yeah, than not, the other. Not to hate against the beer that I made, but I definitely went for the honey brown. <laughs> and, I mean, I'll that be was, honest, that was, that's, delicious. That, that was the beer that that I focused on while I was making the dish. Yeah. Uh, I just kind of put you know just prayed and hoped that uh, the Peaks and Prairies was going to go well with it. Um, I think it did. I tasted it. I ate the dish along with everybody else, and um, I thought it was equally as good, but I do prefer the uh, that dark Yeah, brown. well, that's the fun of a, of, a, of a beer dinner with a pairing, right, is that there's no perfect pairing. It's just an experience, right? There's not. It's not two puzzle pieces that fit together. It's just two people walking down a road holding hands. Nope. Yep. You know, that's that's the great thing about an experience like this. Is yeah. that you, that's kind of like every episode of this show, right? It's like me and Schmitty walking down the road <laughs> holding hands. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, we have a course five coming up. We haven't tried it yet, but real quick, why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, your inspiration and, and how you came up with this dish? Yeah, hitting the tables right now. This is just a classic way I end. I mean, it's really hard not to end a beer dinner with with chocolate and caramel but um, (laughs) you know I did it again so uh, we've got this beautiful velvety chocolate custard pie um, topped off with a house made maple marshmallow um, a nice uh, salty bourbon caramel and then uh, basically cracked cacao uh, has been toasted so you've got a lot of chocolate you've got a lot of deep flavor from that caramel a little bit of salt um, and then some uh, a little another layer of that deep flavor from the maple um, just as many low-level, you know, deep, earthy tones as you can, just in a bunch of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. And I that's can't wait. Be paired with the uh, the the collaboration beer. This is the the first course where we don't have two beers to uh, to try. But uh, Freehouse and Lipbridge work together on this Maple Baltic Porter that I'm very much looking forward to trying. Yeah, I've I've tried it briefly before we carbonated it. Yeah, uh, at like nine o'clock yesterday morning. So. Um, it was really great, blended well with the maple. Um, awesome beer. So the, the guys at Freehouse did a great job. Yeah, it Fantastic. is a beautiful beer. All right, well, here it is. They're putting it down right in front of us now. So let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Jeff, thank you so much thank you. For, uh, for hanging out with us. Absolutely. Thanks to all of our guests, and, uh, and thanks to, uh, to Liftbridge and, and, uh, and, Freehouse. and Freehouse for inviting us out. Yeah, I mean, this has was, been quite the experience. Yeah. You're going to have to roll me out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Well, and, and actually, Jeff, you know, sometime when you have uh, some free time, I'd love to have you on and talk about some of the farm stuff you guys are doing and, yeah. and everything and else. I'd love to have you back on again. And you too, Randy, I suppose. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I just want more ribs. <laughs> thanks there. a lot. This Fantastic job tonight on this meal. And, uh, and thanks to everybody for having us out. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next week. See you. Cheers. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow.